family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, Ford and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everybody, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strom, and the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you again on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week, as you know, we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County, but I am going to throw a little plug in for my sponsor. Uh, and all I can say is Sosby Auto, Sosby's Garage in Loganville, they are looking for a master mechanic technic technician they really need one bad and they need a good one because that's uh it's a good job great people to work for six seven eight eight two five two one two seven ask for john and or amanda and see if you qualify while all businesses uh, have security concerns not all are about physical security and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security in some way during the course of each show now what better for a security related show than my guests that I have with me today. I want to tell you that I appreciate very much Judge Randy Rich for coming on. He is running for, uh, again, for the Superior Court position in Gwinnett County. Uh, you've been there how many years? Uh, 16 years. 16 years. So he's probably seen a few repeats here and there. Uh, I know I spent 25 with Atlanta, so 16 was a long time, 25 You'll be there. But I really, um, I know Judge Rich, um, during this process, we're going to discuss the founding of Gwinnett Business Court and new statewide business court, his current reelection campaign, and, and how the pandemic is impacting the Gwinnett court system, which uh, right now is a real biggie. I like to start, uh, Judge, can I call you Randy during this? Sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. Uh, Randy, who is Randy Rich? I mean, where do you come from? How did you get to what you're doing and what made you want to get into this? Well, uh, thank you first for having uh, me on here as a guest. I um, It's so hard trying to campaign during this pandemic you know, situation. So we've been doing a lot of these you know, type of events with Zoom and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And, um, but I, uh, I was born and raised in Gwinnett County and uh, grew up in Snellville. And uh, it was back, um, you know, my parents tell me, I, I, I don't remember this, but they say when they moved to Snellville, uh, there was uh, one flashing caution light no red lights uh, all the way to Athens so that's close to what it was when I moved to Roswell back in 67 <laughs> yeah well that's when they moved out there 68 so um, anyway I've just seen Gwinnett County change a lot in great ways and um, I think early county leaders you know they knew Gwinnett County was a great 
place to raise a family and they built the best schools and got the school system uh, to be one of those places everybody wanted to be in yep. and um, anyway uh, my school I went to um, was um, South Gwinnett High School and uh, when lived a block away so got to walk to school every day and then ride my bike and then I drove um, and um, it was just one of those things where um, it was a great place to grow up and um, my parents just picked a great place to raise the family it um, still is yeah yeah um, anyway after high school um, I went to the University of Georgia um, but I um, was in a situation where I could either take out student loans or um, you know I could work my way through and uh, my folks just didn't have a lot of money to send either one of us to, to college me and my brother um, so I decided I would work my way through school uh, because I was paying my own way I, I graduated in three years you know because I, <laughs> I didn't well, want to I didn't want to have to uh, do I have to keep paying and right. keep working mm-hmm uh, so some of my buddies, uh, we all were roommates, uh, people from Snellville. We all lived together in Athens, and uh, they were talking about going to law school. So I said, oh, well, you know, tell me about it. They told me. What the heck? Yeah, you got to take this test, and you got to do well, and then you, maybe you get into law school. So um, I took the test, and I did okay, and I got into uh, Georgia State Law School. And uh, uh, we were talking about Atlanta a few minutes ago, and that's where I, I you know, met some of the folks down there that uh, were, you know, Atlanta Police Department, and I used to work in the Fulton DA's office as an intern. And uh, I don't know if you ever remember this guy; he was down there forever. Tom Jones. Oh um, yeah, yeah, one of the prosecutors. Um, anyway, um, I was just uh, trained by some of the best trial lawyers, you know, in the state down there. Um, but then uh, when I got out of law school, I just wanted to come back home. And a buddy of mine from law school, he's from Decula, and we we both moved back home. And uh, I moved to Lawrenceville, and. Uh, we opened a little office called Rich and Smith, and we did a little bit of everything. You know, if it's going to court, you know, that's what we did. Uh, and he's still in business there. He's, you know, got a larger law firm. But in 2004, uh, I decided I want to run for judge. One of the judges was retiring, and uh, I felt like I'd be a good candidate and uh, ran. Uh, we had seven people in that election. Uh, wow. So it was a tough, uh, tough summertime election. Uh, but I ended up winning the race, and I've been there ever since, and uh, really enjoy it. I tell you, that's that's quite a story. I know when I was in high school, that's what I'd always wanted to do was be a lawyer. And so that's what prompted me to take three years of Latin, which I'm glad I did because it helped me with the English language. But I got a clue how I passed three years of Latin. But I uh, ended up going to police work instead because every time I'd start to go to Georgia State, I'd get transferred. So then they then they didn't care back then if you were going to school or what you were doing. You went, Your work was first, so then I'd have to drop out and then... And it just kept going back and forth. So finally I said, well, obviously the Lord wants me to be a cop, so let's just focus on that for a while, 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you grew up here. How has Gwinnett County really changed since since you've been growing up here, since you were a kid? Well, uh, I think, um, you know, everybody knows it's growing like crazy, and it's been that way since the 80s, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I don't blame anybody for coming out here because it is a great place. And so um, I love the changes that we've got here. The Everything about uh, the county is changing in a good way, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, uh, you know, it, we have to deal with all the growth, and that, that's something I think the leadership is doing pretty well. And I'm, I think the county leaders in particular, they, they plan out 20 and 30 years in advance, you know, where the growth is going to be and where – you know schools are going to need to be built and you know that I'm, I'm just very proud of the county they they're doing a super job well the thing that amazes me is the diversity of our county uh we have literally a mosaic uh it's the diverse county i think anywhere in the state and it's perfect of what we're going to what the whole state and the nation is going to look like and 
Well, it used to say 20 years. I'm not sure it's going to be that long right now. But say in 20 years, I think most most every state's going to be, you know, this particular size is going to be very diverse like this. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and that's good. You get so many points of view, so many directions that people go, and uh, so many different cultures. It's really a positive thing. Yeah, and I like that word too, mosaic. You know, that's a beautiful word, and I think it accurately describes our community. You know, absolutely. Thank you. Um, well, you're known as an innovator in the court system with technology and other ideas. Tell us some of the things that you've done since being elected in 2004. Well, I um, I guess I had you know little pet peeves or things that I complained about when I was a lawyer. You know, things that didn't you know go smoothly from my perspective as an attorney. So I wanted to change some of the things, and one of them was. Um, uh, a lot of judges uh, still do this, but um, they have these giant calendar calls where, um, you know, you have 100 cases on your calendar, so you call in 100 lawyers, and you call in 100 uh, of the opposing lawyers, and then you call in 100 of the parties, you know, so you got about 400 people, you know, mo- roaming around trying to get into the courtroom, and all you're going to do there at that calendar call is say, yes, judge, I'm ready, it's going to take two days, and we do want it reported by the court reporter, and so I just thought it was a tremendous waste of lawyer time, and clients have to pay for that, you know, so... Uh, I just eliminated it, and then we just do it by email. Finally. Yeah, yeah, and, you know. Go go picture that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so um, that was just one, you know, thing. But we um, also um, changed the way juries are brought into the courthouse. It used to be uh, they bring in 200 jurors uh, in a week, and they just reuse those jurors all week long. So if Judge Smith didn't have a trial, then you got released, but you got to come back the next day for Judge Jones' trial, you know. And um, I thought that was a tremendous waste of money, especially the juror's time. Uh, so uh, now we call in a juror and we say, hey, if you don't get picked the first day, uh, then you're done. If- well, I'll tell you this. If you're responsible for that, thank you very much because I've had two calls like that. I was in there for a day, got sent home, and didn't have to go back, and I appreciate it very much. <laughs> well, yeah, you're welcome. And that's just, I, I think every juror appreciates it because, it, you know, you might get called every uh, five years now instead of every ten years where it used to be. But uh, you're not going to waste your time for a week. You know, you're going to be in and out. Hopefully, if you get selected, you got to hear that one case. So we call it the one-day, one trial. And every metro county was doing it except Gwinnett. And, um, you know, they're just, uh, at the time anyway, there was a lot of resistance to change because nobody knows if it's going to work. We've never done it that way. Right, right. But we got it to work, and I think it's working really, really well. Well, I totally agree with you. Uh, it really frees up, especially from a business owner perspective, it really frees up where you can go in there. And if you get picked, you you do your service. But luckily, uh, for instance, with me, with my police background and a few other things, so far, they have decided that's probably not the right one. We aren't because you know you get the old attitude of if you got this far, he's probably guilty. When you're in a, when you're a cop, if he got this far, so um, you know. It, it, luckily, they don't they don't keep me. But you know, I don't. I just don't want to tell them that I really wouldn't look at it that way when I get there, so that they don't <laughs> pay me. But um, you started the Gwinnett Business Court in 2006. Why is that court needed, and, and how has it grown? Well, uh, that's another thing that was frustrating to me. You know, I represent a lot of small businesses where, you know, for example, uh, um, one of the clients I remember, he was one of these persons that would buy old houses, fix them up, and then try to resell them. And um, he had a dispute with one of his um, uh, contractors that he hired to come in there and do some of the work. And uh, it was probably a fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 dispute. And, you know, a small business, he couldn't afford to let that case sit and sit and sit in the courtroom. But that's exactly what happened to him. Uh, and, you know... Um, from his perspective, he ended up having to just kind of toss the case because he couldn't afford to spend lawyer, lawyer, lawyer money for two years trying to get into the courtroom. So 
the business court model, um, it works really well, I think. And so you kind of highlight cases where it's just a business suing another business over some business dispute. And then you kind of fast track it so that um, the business that's suing the other business uh, can ask for assignment to the business court. And, you know, basically just this is our business dispute. You know, we both need it resolved because both of us need to move on with our business. If I'm going to lose, I want to lose now so I can plan for it. If I'm going to win, I want to win now so I can collect it. Uh, so uh, it's just a, a fast tracking of those cases where it's purely a business matter, not anything to do with, uh, you know, um, hurt feelings or, you know, sometimes a lot of emotions go into court cases. Oh, but yeah. these are just business people that are trying to move on with their businesses. Get a resolution to whatever conflict they have, disagreement they have, get someone to say, no, this is the way it's going to be, and then both of them move on. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that that's great. I know that uh, – It'd be, it's a shame we can't do that in a lot of the criminal cases, mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but that, that one's not going to happen. Um, you're in the middle of an election, and I know that it's, well, the first part of it's coming up Tuesday. going to be here before you know it. Um, how would you say that the pandemic overall has affected your campaign or impacted your campaign? Well, um, the... Uh, the scenario I'm in, you know, I've been a judge up there for 16 years, and I've never had to run for a, a contested election. Uh, I, I think I do a really, really good job. Uh, in this particular year, uh, somebody thinks I'm not doing a great job, and they want to challenge me. But um, at the same time, uh, when the pandemic hit, it was probably a week after, you know, the contested election started. So um, we can't go out and do Snellville days. You know, you can't do Swanee days. You know, you can't do parades. And everything has to change. So um, a lot of the uh, organizations and groups are having a Zoom uh, platform. So all the candidates get to get on a Zoom call and kind of make their pitch to their audiences. And so we're doing those two or three times a week to try to get our message out. So. Yeah, I really miss the things like Snellville days. Last year we we donated security to them, provided security for Snellville days. And doing stuff like that is part of what I like to do, is to help out in the community like that when they have a need. And right now they've had no need. So you really got to search to try to find some way to help out in the community, which is a lot of why I do this this show or at least the way it's developed is to help out the community and give people like yourself a chance to get their message out, a lot of nonprofits and stuff like that. Well, I know that in addition to the uh, coronavirus and all of that, we got a lot going on that's in the news media, and you don't know that I'm going to ask this, and I apologize because I never ask people that I don't at least give them an idea. And if you don't want to bring it up and talk about it, but and that's fine, and I know everybody will understand. But there is so much going on in the world right now in the nation with regards to the chaos and the rioting and so forth. Can you give us just a legal perspective of where you see all this going, where you see it setting? I don't really know how to put it to you, but just in a way that you know can the people can understand kind of what's going on and from your perspective. Well, I can't give you legal perspective, unfortunately, because well, I don't mean that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can't I, give advice. Well, yeah, but plus, um, you know, in general, judges are limited uh, to commenting on a lot of things because some of the times the, the cases it. may come up. Yeah, but I can just tell you, as a human being uh, and a heart, we don't tell you from my heart how I feel about it. I mean, it's just a tragic, tragic, uh, devastating situation for our country. Uh, you watch the videos of these, you know, uh, 
police officers really, really, really crossing the line. And, um, you know, um, it's troubling, you know, and I can understand the uh, outrage, the protesting. I don't like the, you know, damage to property kind of protest. Uh, if you want a uh, peaceful protest, I, I think that's uh, every, for it. every American's right, yeah. And I'm really proud of some of our police officers, and I think our sheriff was one of the folks out the other night walking with the protesters uh, to make sure they got back to their cars safely, you know. And, you know, there, it's a it's a tragic situation, and um, th from the perspective of uh, – you know, watching it as an American, it, it's it's um, it's just troubling. Yeah, it really pulls at your heartstrings. You know, I I don't think there is a. Let me put it in a different way. I can't imagine there being one person that saw what happened to George Floyd, that was not angered by it, and thought it was an absolutely abhorrent thing that happened, and that's from a cop. You know, I, I was a cop. That's the way I look at that. You know, if I'd have been there, I'd have said get. Well, I won't say exactly what I said, but I'd say get, get, get your knee off of him. But by the same token, you know, you have all of that. You have the anger, but the system is working. You know, if you want to, if you want to protest and all, protest that the system works, that they do what they're supposed to do, which they are, and, and with a lot of speed. Uh, being able to get that done, move forward. Uh, they want to make sure they have the right case. A lot of people are saying charge them with everything. But you and I both know, and I can tell you from a police officer's standpoint, you go into court, you pile on stuff, and you charge people, for instance, and I'm not saying that this won't end up being done and stick, but let's say he guilty as heck of the, what they've got him charged with, and they can get a conviction. You go in there and charge him with first degree, and you don't have the case or anything, you end up with it dismissed because you tried to push for too high so you don't want to be pressured into that but you need to get what you can get that's the right thing to do that the law allows and, and prosecute these people um, I just hope that people don't push this so far that it works to so much backfire on them and lose the whole perspective of what this man's life uh, should mean to everybody right yeah that's very well said um, well, the court system's still open, but how is the pandemic impacting the court system so far? I know there's a lot of stuff going on to where you're you're kind of in limbo, I think. Yeah, and you, um, I'm sure you remember this because you were um, uh, probably just out of the force when this happened, but um, uh, remember Judge Barnes down in Fulton County, you know, murdered in his own courtroom yep. in Fulton County Courthouse, and uh when that happened, that was 2005 or six, one of those two, mm -hmm. um, we started implementing, uh, just for safety, uh, a, a video s system in the Gwinnett County Courthouse so that we never would, in my courtroom, we never bring an inmate to the courthouse. Uh, just because you don't never know, you know, Absolutely. He, he may be charged with shoplifting today, but he may be a convicted murderer from 10 years ago uh, or 20 years ago, whatever the case or tomorrow. may be. Yeah, sure. So we just did it for safety reasons, did the video every year. I'm sorry, every week we did video cases and it just saves the sheriff just thousands of dollars every year, not having to transport. All those transports. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, um, we're really familiar with the video technology, but since this pandemic has happened, every judge in the state has to have become familiar with the video technology because that's the only thing you can do right now um, the chief justice of georgia limited uh, court hearings to only emergency matters and you can do those emergency matters by video to make it safe for everybody so nobody has to come into the courthouse necessarily uh, lawyers don't have to come in witnesses don't have to come in um, and the judge doesn't even have to come in but of course we're, we're there too already but um the uh, 
um, the video hearings, you get your matter heard and you get it resolved, you get a court order, and um, it's just the way of the future in terms of uh, trying to make sure everybody is safe and they don't, they're not forced, especially like jurors, forced to come into a building that they don't know if it's clean or not, you know? Well, you know, you just brought, mentioned something that, you know, I was just thinking while you were saying that. You know, this is something, is it, or is this something that as we move down the road, we can start looking at more of like preliminary hearings and uh, uh, guilty, you know, pleading hearing, pleadings, that kind of stuff to do on a video where you don't have to bring all the rigmarole and have a full courtroom and they're sitting there for three or four hours milling around, running in and out. I've been through that. And it. I know for an officer, you, you go in there, you have a case, you spend two, three hours in the case and you find out you're the last one that's going to be called, and all they wanted to know is you're going to plead guilty or not guilty. Right. And you spent three hours there to get that simple answer. Are we looking down the road as all this stuff develops where all of that can become done on a video basis? Yes, and the rules have been in place to allow just what you're describing in the state of Georgia since 2003, I think, is when the rules got put in place. Nobody used them except for judges like me, and I'm probably one of maybe – I don't know, a handful around the state that took advantage of that. Um, but um, it's the best way to do it. You know, it's the most efficient. Absolutely. It saves everybody money. It's safe. So I think you're going to see, since all the judges are experimenting with it now, and a lot of successes, you know, these judges that were so resistant to it, they now think it's the best thing in the world. You know, so I think you're going to see a lot more of those type of hearings, and it's going to be uh, not only um, common, but it's going to be the preferred way. I have trouble comprehending why anyone would think that would would hesitate to do that uh, for the small for that type of a case for, for the pleadings and the, and all that kind of stuff because you know that really serves no purpose for everybody to be in there or to sit there. I mean, you can you can have the pleadings. They can you can have the attorney in the jail cell with a guy or in the lobby of the jail or whatever. Uh, talking about it and put them on camera and they can give their pleading right from there and just everybody go about their business yeah be done with it and that's the way we've done it for um at least since 2005 with me but um you're 100 percent correct and i think uh, a lot of the judges just resistant to the technology because they didn't want to learn anything new maybe um now that they have learned it it's pretty easy and it's pretty effective so um i think you're going to see that's that's the wave of the future and instead I of hope so yeah instead of being resistant it's going to be uh, a welcome change like let's just do it by video and get it done well, i hope you've got more people demanding we do it like you were back in the in the day saying let's do this and pushing it we have more people like that to where they're pushing it instead of pushing away from it well one thing and I, it's, it's not really common knowledge outside the courthouse but courtroom space to have a live inmate in your courtroom where you can look them in the eye and tell them whatever you want to tell them um it's a it's a rare commodity in Gwinnett County Courthouse right now that's why they're building this new building um but um you you fight for those courtrooms because you know um they're very small yeah and you don't um you, you so I won't let's say I won't get one of those except one week a month you know that's the only time I actually have a live courtroom that wow. I could bring inmates over if I wanted to but in in the scenario that we're describing um you don't have to have that courtroom you know you just have a regular courtroom exactly put them up on the screen and and you're you're in good shape. Well, I know back in the day when I was in law enforcement, of course, we were meeting at the Fulton County Courthouse on a lot of stuff. And our municipal court was very much the same. It was a very limited size area, but it was always packed. We had Judge Little and a, and a bunch of them. And, you know, it was really an interesting, the old way was really kind of cool back in that day. 
but as you move through it and the things have changed our, our society has changed as much as it has there's a lot more violence in a lot of ways uh, people don't respect the law enforcement they don't respect the judicial system the way they did at one time so you have a lot more opportunity for violence and just acting out so I can see where you know the absolute best way to go is by doing this in video and that way they don't get the perpetrator doesn't get themselves in trouble more by acting out and then the law enforcement doesn't have to tie up all their time all day waiting in one spot to go through a court system yeah and I, I i meant to say this a second ago but you're um when you don't have to fight for that courtroom so if if i got a call from the man's lawyer let's say he said hey my, my man wants to plead guilty and uh, let's get him on the next calendar we say okay well that's gonna be in three weeks well now they say well, let's do it tomorrow at noon you know like it's it can the p people can get out of jail sooner too yeah, well you know and that's a good point is they don't have to sit there in jail for three or four weeks because I remember the day when you had to have the, the initial hearing, the probable cause, within 72 hours. But sometimes the attorneys got together and they would, even the defense attorney would postpone it. So the only person they're hurting is the person that's sitting there in jail. Mm -hmm. And you're not, you know, just because he's in jail doesn't mean he's guilty. You could have somebody sitting there that's fixing to be dismissed but he's set in jail for a week, two weeks, three weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's just not fair to them either. Right. Um, well, I know you do a lot of things out in the community. Uh, you're not just a judge. You're not just Randy Rich sitting there in the black robe working and, and hitting gavels and stuff. Can you talk about some of the things that you do with our community as far as um, on a community level that you enjoy doing? Yeah, we uh, we try to do some outreach at the courthouse, and uh, one of the things that I've done since I've been there um, in 05 is um, these um, kind of uh, introduction to the court system to fourth graders. Uh, so we invite all the Gwinnett County schools to participate, and, and they have some protocols that some of the schools can't participate, but some can. And so they bring their students, they train them for about a month before they get to the courthouse, uh, and they put on a trial, and the, the trial that we've chosen is, is written by one of our retired judges, but... Um, she was a former school teacher, and so she wrote a little trial called Goldilocks. And basically, it's the case of Goldilocks, you know, State of Georgia versus Goldilocks. The try the bears? Yeah, the oh, try the bears. Right. So we've got all the witnesses, and Goldilocks um, is on trial, and she's charged with burglary, you know, breaking into this house and doing damage in the house. So um, anyway, it's a very fun thing, and all the parents, you know, come up there and take pictures, and they've done a few articles. There have been some papers about it, but it's, it's one Hell, of the Hell, I'd love to have done that when it was in the police academy. That would have been <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I guess uh, we, you know, my wife and I, were members of Gwinnett Church, and we, you know, try to get involved there and, and do things through the church. And um, What church are you a member of? Gwinnett Church up in Sugar oh, Hill. Okay, mm -hmm. Gwinnett Church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good church. It's uh, very active. Mm -hmm. A lot going on there. Um, got a lot of stuff. You know, I think, I think they mentioned uh, that they were supposed to have uh, a protest a couple of nights ago or last night before last up in Sugar Hill. I hadn't really heard anything of how that came out or anything. I know Lawrenceville has done an excellent job with dealing with it. They've really had a lot of peaceful demonstrators up there, which I love to see. Mm -hmm. uh, I have no problem with that, but they've done a good job of handling it. So you got a lot of races running. I know that your race is, uh, is an important one. There is not too many positions that are more important on a local level than your superior court judge and uh, your district attorneys, stuff like that. Because we as the people come in contact with and you know our judicial system 
whether it be getting a ticket, which would go to the criminal court, or getting involved in the civil suits, and which might end up in superior court or whatever. But, you know, having that opportunity to get to know someone and have them out here and talking to people is just something that you just don't get in a lot of in a lot of places and a lot of in a lot of other countries. Um, how do you look at our judicial system as far as the way we operate versus, oh, let's just say one of the totalitarian totalitarian countries? How do you see the way we've played out and have, have developed as we've come along? Well, I guess if you look at human history uh, and the way that humans resolve disputes, uh, our system is just the best in the world, in the history of the world. And there's just not a better, more fair system uh, than what the United States has developed. And we've got uh, the laws, you know, come from up high in the U.S. Supreme Court. Every other judge in the country has to follow those laws. And um, the Hopefully. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, you've got some that <laughs> want to make up their own, their own laws. But um, uh, our local legislature, too, you know, they, they write the criminal laws, too, if for the, you know, particular ones that are going to cover our state. And every judge has to follow those. And so uh, you've got a system of review. And, and, you know, you've got multiple layers of review. So even if... A lot of checks and balances. Yeah, and even if our state Supreme Court says one thing, it can go to the federal courts and they can say something totally different. And everybody has to follow that. So it's just uh, in terms of resolving disputes of human behavior, you know, human interactions with each other, how are we going to make it where it's a peaceful resolution of that dispute? Uh, the system that has developed here is just the best in the world. Stop doing the caveman. Go out and shoot them because you don't like them. Right. If you got don't like them, take them to a... I think one of the best things we've ever developed was the small claims court, mm-hmm. uh, being able to handle it on such a, an initially small basis unless you just can't come to a resolution. Well, I want to mention that, too, because it's interesting. Other countries, uh, we're talking about this video technology, the small claims court in some of these countries, and I don't know off the top of my head which one, but they just do 24 hours a day of a judge sitting on a TV screen. They bring the case to them. The judge hears the case on video makes a resolution by video and then calls in the next case and it's one of those things where you know the technology that they have and this you know so many small claims cases uh, they just get them heard get them resolved and they keep moving and i may be wrong about the 24 hours a day but it's 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 a it's a system that's up and running all the time in these countries where you know the people can come and resolve their disputes with a with a video judge that's awesome Mm -hmm. well listen judge i could talk to you for about another hour but our time is about up and you know, if somebody wants to do anything with your campaign, wants to get out there, wants to get some signs, wants to call you and ask you questions or talk to you, how would they get a hold of you? Well, all of our information is on a, a website called uh, randyrich2020.com. And then uh, it's got my phone number on there. It's my cell phone, so you can text me or call me. Um, and then, of course, if you want to learn more about me, all that information is on that website, too. I do have a Facebook page, uh, Reelect Judge Randy Rich on Facebook. And then my regular, uh, you know, just Judge Randy Rich uh, on Facebook, too, is kind of where I keep the community updated with things that I'm doing and, you know, uh, groups that I'm talking to and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I, we, we've got signs and we've got uh, – uh, volunteers that are out putting those up uh, so yeah I appreciate you uh, giving me an opportunity to plug my website well I tell you you know this is the first time we've had to be thank goodness but uh, <laughs> uh, it's been very nice talking with you and hearing where your stance are and I want to recommend that everybody look up these people that come on look up all your people that are running Make an informed decision before you vote. Don't just go because my, my cousin Leroy said to go out here and this is who he's going to vote for or it's who she's going to vote for. 
and throw a ballot out there. Look up there, look at these people, look up their viewpoints, what they think, where they stand, and what they've done if they have a record. And I know that you have a record. You have a long record, which is, uh, I did look it up, and it is a very good one. So all of you, I would suggest very much, be an informed voter. Don't just vote, but do vote. Yes, sir. All, everybody's got to vote. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and joining us in Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services and everybody else for joining us. And remember that you can join us live every Wednesday at 11.30 in the morning, or you can listen to our radio show anytime you want to by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Case in Point. And you can also go to any of the blog sites, most any of them that you can got. You got iTunes, you got uh, iHeart, I mean, every, all, just about any podcast site you could listen to. And there's a little box up there that says, what, Amanda? Subscribe. Subscribe. So please subscribe to it so that um, I can get a few likes or dislikes or hits. Tell me what you think. You know, I'd love to hear. Uh, But anyway, you can join us next week at 1130 when we talk about with business leaders about their businesses and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again very much to my guest, Judge Randy Rich, and for our producers, Mike and Amanda, and Mr. J.J. sitting over there at the helm. And remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.